Welcome everyone, live from Sunshine Marketplace in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Sunshine Live on Live FM. My name is Cooper Williams and my fellow co-hosts from Sunshine College today are Megan, Olive, Arion, Ashley and Key. Our special guest today is CEO of of Zoos Victoria, Dr. Jenny Gray. Hi, Jenny Gray. Welcome to the show. Morning. Thanks. Um, Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much. And it's really a pleasure to be with you this morning. Um, My name is Dr. Jenny Gray. I'm the CEO of Zoos Victoria, which I like to call the best job in the world. And um, a little bit about myself. I was born in South Africa. I've been here for 15 years in Australia, absolutely loving it. I've studied a lot across my entire career. And so I have degrees in engineering, um, business administration, ethics, and um, pretty much love to read anything about animals and the environment and people. What is Zoos Victoria and what is its goal? Zoos Victoria is what's called a state-owned entity. We established by an act of government in order to run the zoos owned by the government of Victoria. We run four zoos. We run the Melbourne Zoo, Wirribee Open Range Zoo, Healesville Sanctuary, and Kyabram Fauna Park. And our goal is to fight extinction and create a future rich in wildlife. Um, What is your position at Zeus Victoria and does it entail? As the CEO, so that means pretty much I'm the boss of Zeus Victoria. Um, I do a lot of things that are very boring and look like administration. So finances, people management, talking to government. But I also do really fun stuff like talking to young people. Um, I get to go and visit every zoo every month and they always show me the best stuff that we don't always show everyone else. And I get to work with animals every single day. How is animal care provided? We employ animal keepers. So zoo keepers are people that are trained to look after specific animals. And we also have an enormous team of veterinary staff. So we do, we have a hospital on every property which looks after sick animals. But in the daily care, that means feeding, cleaning, looking after the animals. We have zookeepers that do that work. Um, what is the Rosie? procedure for bringing in animals at the zoo? So it's really interesting. A lot of people think that we would buy animals. We don't. And so what we do is zoos all around the world work together to move animals around between each other. We look for the best possible breeding opportunities. And so, for example, no single zoo could hold a whole herd of elephants. And so we work with all the other zoos in the region And when our male elephant died, then the young male elephant from Dubbo Zoo came down to become the new male at our zoo. And we move all the animals at no cost. So no money changes hands when you move an animal. Most zoo animals are born in a zoo and then move between zoos where they can get the best life. The only big difference would be the very endangered species that we bring in for a breeding program where there's a logic of bringing them in, breeding them and putting them back. Has it ever been like a... An incident that has happened during the procedure of bringing animals in? Moving an animal is a really big undertaking. You can just imagine if you, we just did an incident, incident, a move recently where we brought giraffe into Werribee Open Range Zoo. If you have to move a giraffe, you need a very big truck. You need roads without bridges. We usually work when they reach Victoria with the Victorian police and they give us a police escort because nobody wants lions or giraffes stuck in the traffic on a Saturday morning or something like that. Mm -hmm. And what's also really cool is often on the little towns that we go through, 
people will come out and line the streets because to actually see a giraffe come past is really exciting. What are some conservation efforts that Zoos Victoria work alongside to and support? We work in two ways in conservation. The first way is we work with threatened species, and right now we're working with 27 critically endangered species. We do all kinds of things from helping to make the habitat better through to having them at our zoos where we breed them and then put the offspring back into the wild. And we also work with communities and schools to look at things we can all do as humans that makes the world a little bit safer for animals and wildlife. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges in running Zoos Victoria? The biggest challenge is always making sure we have enough money to do all the things we want to do. But in saying that, the things we want to do is always making the lives better for our animals and the experience better for our visitors. And so we're really proud of our members. I'm sure many of you have been members of Zoos Victoria where you pay once and you can come as many times as you like all year. Our members now at 365,000, we're the biggest membership base in the state. And so the challenges are sometimes making everybody feel special when they come to the zoo and it's a big day and there's lots of people there. Um, but the other challenge is making sure that every animal is getting exactly what it needs to thrive while they're with us. If you're tuning in, you're listening to Sunshine Live and Live FM, live from Sunshine Marketplace in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Cooper Williams, and my fellow co-hosts from Sunshine College today are Megan, Olive, Ardian, Ashley, and Key. Our special guest today is CEO of Zoos Victoria, Dr. Jenny Gray. Would you be willing to share a little bit about the recent partnership with Kyabram Fauna Park under the Zoos Victoria name? Yeah, Kyabram is one of the most exciting things that happened for us last year in that it was a small regional park. It's in Kyabram, which for people who don't know is between Shepparton and Echuca. So if you've ever been up to the Murray River and up to Echuca, you've probably been past Kyabram. It was a small zoo there run by the local shire and the government. And they asked us about two years ago to get involved and help managing the park. They joined our family in October last year. Um, what was really exciting about that is in the next 12 months of operation, they doubled their visitation. So people have been going up and really enjoying going up to Kyabram. It is the most beautiful wetland with wonderful, wonderful wetland birds and some really cool turtle species. So um, smaller zoo, very close up to the animals and really worth a visit. If you can take two hours and drive up north, it's really worth doing. Um, if the animals uh, have injuries or something, how do you like do you and care for them? So we very active in animal rescue and animal response for injured animals. A lot of people obviously know that we have a lot of vets and vet nurses and vet hospitals, and so when they see an injured animal, they'll let us know. In particular, the marine response unit responds when there's an injured seal or penguin or seabird. And so there's two things that happen. One is that often responders and Wildlife Victoria, incredible volunteer network that will go and pick up an animal and bring it to us and we then are able to care for it. Or the other opportunity that we have is people will bring animals into us. Um, and sometimes even our staff go out and rescue them. They then come into our hospitals where the vets are able to do the first care that they need. If they're able to put them back in the wild, we always get them back as quickly as possible. But sometimes we keep them for a little bit longer until they recover. Um, you just talk about a volunteer. You will like 
if you see any animals, how can you contact? How can we contact you? Oh, the best thing to do if you see an injured animal is to call Wildlife Victoria. You'll find their phone number. I don't know it, but you'll find it on the website. They have the most incredible telephone center that's really worth a visit sometime where people phone in. They're able to dispatch straight away someone to go and help that animal. Um, and then they will take it to an animal carer who looks after it while it recovers so it can be released back into the wild. Mm. How do you think living in a zoo affects animals' lives? It's such an interesting question, and we had a really interesting example last year during, uh, sorry, from 2020, when COVID struck and they closed our zoos, we suddenly had the opportunity to see whether humans have an impact on animals. We did a whole lot of observations, and we were able to show that for many of our animals, they honestly don't care whether you're there or not. Like the tigers just don't care. The animals that did care were animals like butterflies in the butterfly house that you've all been in. The butterflies changed their behavior completely. They started flying at lower levels. They sat in the middle of the pathway, which they wouldn't do on a normal day. But by far, most of the animals, what we've been able to learn by observing them is that they can live a good, comfortable life in the zoo. And that's what we really strive to create. And we always know that by just really watching their behaviors and seeing how comfortable they look. Um, are you have a special like reward to like look at the behavior of each animal like that every day? So we have two things that we have a specialist animal welfare officer, which is another one of the best jobs in the world because they're always problem solving. They're working with the keepers. But the people who know the animals by far the best are the zookeepers. They work with them every day. They watch how they're feeding. They watch how they're behaving. They spend a lot of time looking at animal poo because yeah. the first clue that something's wrong is going to be in the fecal matter. And so they watch that all the time and not eating. But most animals hide their injuries really well. So you have to be very tuned in to watch it. Mm. Um, what does this Victoria do, do to help the mental health of animals? So what we really understand is that animals are a creature that's having experiencing a life. It's not just something that happens to them. And so we also work on what's called enrichment, which is helping them not be bored. And to do that, you need to know about the natural life of that animal, what it would have been doing in the wild and try to recreate that in the zoo. Now, obviously, we don't make prey animals run away from predators because that would be really stressful for them. But we do try and make sure that every animal is not doing things that give us a clue that their mental health is not well. So again, the observation really helps with that. But that's a whole field of study around animal welfare, animal behaviors, and, and particularly animal well-being. How has genetic diversity accomplished throughout the breeding programs in Zoos Victoria? So different species, there's different challenges with keeping the genetic diversity, but for all the big charismatic animals, we have stud books. And so that means there's a professional who's looking for the best possible matings. And that's not just in Australia. We'll even move animals around the world to make sure that we're introducing new genetics and keeping genetic diversity. For our threatened species programs, where the goal is to breed as many as possible and to maintain that genetic diversity, we work with government and with real experts to introduce new genetics from wild populations. And when we start a program for breeding, we look to get as much diversity as we possibly can into that population. 
Um, does Zoos Victoria work alongside local communities to help native endangered animals? We do. We work with all kinds of communities around the things they can do to make a difference. And most importantly are our fighting extinction schools where children are working to plant new habitats for animals, particularly things like butterflies are really dependent on the plants that are planted. Frogs need wet areas where they can breed. So we work with all kinds of different people on the things they can do to make a difference. Um, when a animal passes away, how can like you treat them? So it's very different depending again on the animal when they pass away. Um, particularly with our elephants, where we know elephants uh, mourn in terms of other animals passing away, what we will do is leave the animal that's deceased in with the other animals for at least 24 hours. It's really quite emotional and moving that the other animals come and touch it and spend time with it, and you can see them actually grieving. Um, and so many of the animals, we also remove them and we do a post-mortem on every animal that dies in the zoo because we really need to know there wasn't a disease or something that we need to worry about. So we do a lot of post-mortems as well. Um, but yeah, it depends on the kind of animal. Some will remove quite quickly, but some we like to leave so that the others know what happened. What does it what are the requirements a person needs to work in the field of animal conservation? So these days it's really hard to get in, but the way to go is, first of all, make sure you study hard and finish with science at school and maths. Um, studying any of the animal sciences, veterinary sciences, animal health care is really good. There is a um, TAFE course, a certificate for in zookeeping that is one of the entry requirements. And then my other best advice is volunteer as much as you can. So find the local vet volunteer there working with animals. Um, generally in an organization like Zoos Victoria, we tend to be able to hire people who've got five, six years of experience. But go get experience in one of the smaller zoos. You would learn an incredible amount working with a smaller zoo and get some experience there. But any of the animal sciences will set you up. Um, uh, you talk about volunteering, right? Um, what is the age you can like volunteer for those things? So at Zoos Victoria, we do have a very strong group of volunteers. Um, I think 18 is where you would be able to start volunteering. Um, generally on the weekends, the volunteers do an enormous amount of enrichment work I was talking about. They create the things that animals have as a challenge for getting their food. Um, they also help guide people. The volunteers are a really important part of our network. We have about 800 volunteers. And most organizations, you can have a look and see when they would be prepared to take volunteers. How could the people at Brimbank help keep native wildlife safe? So here out in Brimbank, we're in the western grasslands of Victoria. It's a beautiful part of the country and it's an area where we have so many native flowers and plants. And really the, the thing that we should be looking at is how we protect some of these grasslands that are so vitally important for the survival of species. Some of you may have read that earlier this year in February, we discovered the grassland earless dragon of Victoria. We hadn't seen the species for 54 years. And then it comes from this area on the west of Melbourne. And it's just really important that we don't use too many insecticides, don't spray every bug you see. They're really important food for someone. 
Um, I'm a big fan of not killing lots of insects because those are really important to the species that call this area home. Look at what you can do around your rivers, in your backyard with frog bogs, all kinds of things like that. And then I would always say, join Zoos Victoria and visit Werribee Open Range Zoo as many times as you can, because that's what helps us do the conservation work that we're able to do. Um, would you like to promote, oh, actually, what are some future projects Zoos Victoria are working towards? So the most exciting thing we're working towards for people living in the west of Melbourne will be the move of our herd of elephants to Werribee Open Range Zoo. The new enclosure we're busy building now with the help of the Victorian government is 21 hectares. That's the size of the Melbourne Zoo just for elephants. So the nine elephants from Melbourne Zoo will all be moving down to Werribee towards the end of next year. It is the biggest elephant enclosure in the Southern Hemisphere, at least, or I'm going to say probably most of the world. Um, and we just did a size check. The, the male elephant enclosure at Melbourne Zoo will fit in the swimming pool at the new enclosure. So it's huge. It's the biggest project we're working on. That and the grassland earless dragons. You'll hear us talking a lot more about dragons over the next 12 months. It's an exciting time for that species. Um, before we let you go, would you like to promote any current zoos, zoo, current efforts Zoos Victoria is focusing on? Yeah, so we're about to launch. In fact, you guys are getting me on the day that we're launching to, tonight, our campaign where we're raising money for animals that are in need and need help. And so it's an emergency wildlife response unit. It's helping animals, as you asked me about, that are in trouble. And so we'll be talking to big donors and people like that, but it's on our website. Every $5 makes a difference. And so I always get excited when kids think about it and say, you know what, I could sell some cookies or wash some cars or just do something a little bit differently and put $10 towards wildlife. It all makes a difference. And so that's on our website and it'll be open until due, it's our end of year appeal between now and Christmas. And that will really help us saving animals. Awesome. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Miss Jenny Gray. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Live from Sunshine Marketplace in Melbourne, Australia, you've been listening to Sunshine Live on Live FM. My name is Cooper Williams, and, and my fellow co-hosts from Sunshine College today are Ola, Megan, Olive, Adion, Ashley, and Key. We were joined today by our special guest, CEO of Zeus Victoria, Dr. Jenny Gray. And thank you for joining us today. We hope, you, we hope you found the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day.